African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. This is African Dialogue. I'm sure you know by now this is where we zoom into one uh, subject matter and uh, we really look at uh, unpacking it. And today we're looking at the data must fall hashtag movement in South Africa, looking at the excess and the cost of connectivity in South Africa. And uh, there's a big call to lessen the prices there. But before we get into that, let's get our news and Musa's with us. In the headlines, fresh fighting in the Central African Republic kills 23 people. The United Nations says dialogue is crucial between Burundi on key human rights issues and South Africa's higher education minister, Bladen Zimande, expected to make submissions to the Fees Commission. A very good morning to you. I'm Anne Musa. Fighters from the Central African Republic's largely Muslim Seleka militia have reportedly attacked refugees in the country's remote north, stabbing or hacking to death 13 people. UN peacekeepers are said to have repelled them, killing at least 10 rebels. Last week, 11 people were killed in clashes in the capital, Bangui, set off by the murder of an army officer. It's crucial that Burundi and the United Nations continue dialogue on key human rights issues. That's according to the UN Human Rights Office concerned by the government's decision to suspend cooperation with its branch in the country. Earlier, the UN also said it it is yet to receive official notification of Burundi's intention to withdraw from the International Criminal Court. UN Secretary-General Ban Ki-moon has warned that Burundi's decision will not go into effect immediately. His spokesperson, Stefan Dujaric. I checked uh, with our friends in the Office of Legal Affairs in the treaty section. No letter has been received uh, as of today uh, indicating their decision. Uh, Obviously, if a letter were received, it would be regrettable. But I think it's also important to note that according to the provisions of the Rome Statute, such a decision would become effective one year after notification. And state parties that decide to withdraw are still obligated to cooperate with any criminal investigations or proceedings that were commenced uh, before the effective date of the withdrawal. 17 Angolan activists sentenced to prison in March and placed on probation since June have been granted amnesty by the country's courts. Their freedom is as a result of a law passed in July authorizing amnesty to all those serving maximum sentences of 12 years in prison for nonviolent crimes. Meanwhile, activists arrested in June last year and those that spent a year in prison have appealed their cases to clear their names. 
South Africa's Higher Education Minister Bladen Zimande is expected to make submissions to the Fees Commission, which is expected to resume its public hearings. President Jacob Zuma established the commission in January to investigate the feasibility of free higher education. The commission's public hearings resume as students' organization SASCO calls for a complete shutdown of all universities. South Africa's Fees Commission spokesperson Musandwandu explains. The commission will be very eager to hear from him what the vision is, what the policies are, what are the aspirations of the department regarding the issue of fee-free higher education and training. We've heard in the past lots of submissions to the commission that allude to the fact that if there is enough political will, many of the problems besetting the sector would be able to be solved easily. So the Commission would like to dwell on the issue of political will and all other policy issues. Staying in South Africa, police have confirmed finding four bodies following a hostage drama in the capital, Pretoria. They say three security guards and two police officers were freed from a house in Moroleta Park. Police spokesperson David Miller says three community members were shot and killed and the bodies were found outside. Another body suspected to be that of the attacker was found inside the house. Police are investigating the circumstances of the hostage taking which started Wednesday afternoon. Miller explains. Members of our special task force went through into the suspect's house. During their search of the house, they discovered the body of a deceased male. Um, I can further confirm that outside of the house, there are three members of the community that are also deceased. The uh, forensic team have already moved onto the scene. They will then process the scene with regards to the forensic evidence. The investigation will then take its route. Recapping the top stories, fresh fighting in the Central African Republic kills 23 people. The United Nations says dialogue is crucial between Burundi on key human rights issues and South Africa's higher education minister, Bladen Zimande, expected to make submissions to the Fees Commission. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Thank you to Anne Musa for that uh, news update. Well, today we're looking at this uh, issue of connectivity in South Africa. Uh, we know that there's been a huge uh, uh, call for the decrease of data in the country through a, a mobile uh, hashtag-related um, Twitter uh, initiative that started, which was titled Hashtag Data Must Fall. It was something that was huge. It was started by uh, the former Metro FM DJ and current uh, uh, Touch Central Radio presenter, Thibaut Touch. And uh, he went to Parliament, actually, uh, uh, this month and uh, with uh, Gareth Cliff to present his Data Must Fall uh, hashtag campaign to the communications um, portfolio there within Parliament. He spoke about how the Maslow hierarchy of needs has changed to put communication at the top, hence the need for the campaign which aims to lessen data costs for South Africans. A research conducted by the IRR last year revealed that South Africans are paying too much for slow uh, connection speeds. In 2015, the broadband download speed in South Africa was 7.0 megabits per seconds. 
And uh, we're going to see if we can actually unpack uh, this dynamic in South Africa. I know that, you know, in other parts of uh, the continent, it seems like there is the kind of infrastructure that allows for cheaper uh, um, data and access to data. I remember when I went to Tanzania some years back, I couldn't believe how much I could actually use my um, one uh, megabytes for. It was for long um, kind of for a long time and I was kind of relating it to South Africa and seeing why are there those discrepancies and it seems like an issue that has now come into the fold. We're joined right now by the acting chairperson of the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa also known as ICASA, Ruben Motlaloja who, who is joining us on the line. Ruben, thank you for giving us your time. Thanks a lot and uh, good morning to, to your listeners. Now, Ruben, let's look at this uh, conversation that's underway right now, looking at uh, data and connectivity. I think this is very interesting to see the the views that Thibaut Touch brought into uh, Parliament, saying that, hey, there is a kind of a different hierarchy of needs currently where communications is at the top. It's one of those needs right now where, you know, accessibility to um data can become a human rights issue. I know in some countries people see communications and the access to the internet as a human rights issue. What are your thoughts with the conversation right now as ICASA with the access to data in South Africa? Um, we, we have got a program that deals with the cost to communicate. And um, we started uh, mainly with uh, with the cost of uh, of voice, and um, we we then published the call termination rates for voice uh, from 2010 and also 2013-14, and um, the glide path for the for data for voice ends uh, next year, which would be a 10 cent per per minute uh, for voice. And in 2013-41, we published the uh, call termination rates for voice. We said, given the fact that uh, there's a growing uh, trend in terms of uh, the use of uh, data, mm. and um, data is going to be a driver uh, of uh, the consumption of the ICT services, we then said we will, will, this will be the next project that we need to, 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 to look at in the context of cost to communicate. At the moment, mm-hmm. we are um, busy collecting data, um, and uh, we have got to go through what the Electronic Communications Act prescribed that we do. That is, we need to do um, an analysis of the costs, and we call that the Chapter 10 uh, inquiry process. So mm. we'll have to uh, have a look at the cost drivers and say what does it cost the operators to actually um, provide you with a data, with, um, with a megabyte or so, and determine a, a more realistic tariff. Mm. So where we are now, um, we... By the, the financial year of 2017-18, we would then have uh, determined um, the extent of uh, um, intervention, if any. 
that the authority needs to make in relation to the cost of data. Mm. I know that South Africa has the second highest data contract prices among a select group of uh, seven countries, especially when you look at uh, BRICS countries included in that, and in addition to countries such as Australia or Kenya, which have uh, an affordable uh, form of uh, packages when it comes to data prices. With that conversation currently underway right now, uh, do you think that we'll actually uh, come up with some form of uh, uh, index to assist us with how to actually uh, price the data currently, uh, Ruben? Well, uh, a comparative analysis could help, but you see, the the point is... um, countries differ in terms of uh, their cost drivers. So um, that's why we will need to look at our own cost drivers mm. and say what is the most realistic. Mm. And, and, the, and the same also, uh, also applies and, and, and then be able to determine how, how possible is it that in a particular territory it's cheaper uh, to provide. But then you may find that when you compare, you find it cheaper, yet the consumers uh, in those countries, they find it expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> let me, Because their so, capita income mm-hmm. also differ and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me bring in Toby uh, Shapshank, who is the editor of Stuff Magazine. Um, thank you, Toby, for giving us your time. I know we've been speaking to uh, Ruben uh, Mutlaloha, looking at uh, the current status where we're in. He is the acting uh, chairperson of the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa, ICAS. Where do you think we are, Toby, in terms of this conversation with uh, broadband and also uh, how much it's costing us to access data thank you for inviting me on the show and hello to everybody else the uh, the thing is is that data is very expensive and I, and ICAS has done a great job in bringing down the cost of calls they you know they legislated uh, or regulated that the interconnect which is the the fee operators charge each other to complete a call they regulated that down to very uh, very low, therefore drop the cost of calls. The same thing really needs to happen with mm. data. The data costs in South Africa are just outrageous, really. I mean, if you look at the comparison to other African countries, you can see South Africa is, is very bad. The, the, the Organization for Affordable Internet Access has published a whole series of numbers, so has researched ICT Africa, and they've pretty much said South Africa, a gigabyte of data costs uh, $5, um, sorry, uh, $5.82, I think, whereas, say, in Ghana or I think it's Malawi, it's, it's 11 U.S. cents. So sure. these, are the, sure. these are the issues that, that face the continent or face our country specifically because no one ever set a base price for what data should cost. It, mm. The operators will tell you that the price of data has come down, and it has, but it still remains very high. And, and if you look at the profit margins of South African cellular operators versus those in other parts of the country. They are very juicy and very healthy in South Africa. Uh, Good for the operators, but it shouldn't be at our expense. And data is just outrageous. An uh, unbundled gigabyte of data in South Africa will cost you 150 rand. You know, that's, that's, that's sorry, a megabyte. If you increase that, that Mm. ends up being, you know, Two thousand rand for a megabyte of data. It's just, you know, uh, sorry, a gigabyte will cost you uh, one hundred and fifty in bundle. Mm. Out of bundle, a two rand a megabyte will cost you two thousand rand. Sorry to just give the 
figures more accurately. Mm, mm. So, I mean, that's just insane. I was explaining this to some Americans the other day, saying that's about, you know, $150 for a gigabyte of data. It's, 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 it's unconscionable mm. for a service provider to hate their customers so much that if they go out of bundle with their data, they punish them so severely. And I know these are harsh terms to use, and I've, I've used them in my column for the Financial Mail before. I think this is the behavior of networks. And the mm. networks explain themselves and say, well, we want to force people to be in bundle. And, you know, well, if you can, if you can give people that kind of money in a bundle, uh, that kind of cost of data in a bundle, why can't you give it to them outside of a bundle? Why does mm. it matter? whether you're in a bundle or out of a bundle. Sure. Well, because, it, because it's, it's, you know, it's financial planning. If people buy a bundle every month, you know that every month you're going to get X amount of money from them. Whereas if you don't give them a bundled amount, they may use this, they may use that. It's a way of forcing people, to my mind, to use a certain amount of data or at least buy a certain amount of data. They may not necessarily use it. Mm. And this is where uh, considerations about the Consumer Protection Act come in. And I, and I understand this is still unfinalized, but why does data expire? Why should it expire? It's completely virtual. Mm. Either you used it or you haven't used it. It's not like a, a you know, you buy a bottle of water and, and if you don't <laughs> use the, 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 the bottom half of the bottle of water, it, you know, it goes stale. Whereas, you know, if you don't use the data, you don't use the data. Exactly. Why should we, why should we, uh, we, we why should data expire if we mm. don't use it? It's, mm. it's let, nonsensical. Let, so let, let me take a quick break there, Toby, and I want to come back to some of the issues and, and bring them back to ICAS. I know that we're still trying to get hold of the Deputy Minister of the Department of Tem- Telecommunication and Postal Services to we'll see if we can get hold of the, the last time we spoke to their people and their office. They said she was in Parliament, so we're going to see if we can get her through to our conversation. You're listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Remember, you can give us your thoughts on our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One. Tell us what do you think? Why do you think rather it's important for South Africa's mobile networks uh, to decrease data costs? Why do you think it's important for South Africa's mobile networks to decrease data costs? Give us your thoughts that at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back. We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. This is African Dialogue. Remember, if you're listening to us on DSTV, we're on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. We're still on the shortwave service on the continent. That's in 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. That's our frequency there. You can also listen to us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. We're looking at uh, connectivity in South Africa and the costs thereof, and uh, we're speaking uh, to... uh, uh, 
uh, the Independent uh, Communications Authority of South Africa's acting chairperson, Ruben uh, Motlaloha. And also we've got uh, Toby Shapshank, who is the editor of the Stuff magazine. He's an expert on uh, uh, connectivity, gadgets, all sorts of great things. Toby, I've always seen him on television. Now, when I used to be uh, working at the Sunday Times, I was a big fan of his columns there and some of his commentary there. But I want to come back uh, to you, Ruben. Some of the issues that Toby highlighted in terms of uh, there's not really much of a regulation in terms of the base uh, costs of uh, data itself and also the fact that the uh, protection acts don't really align themselves with uh, uh, you know the, the 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 space that we find ourselves when when it comes to connectivity and data because as was highlighted by Toby in his own way that you know data is an invisible form for me I know that I can't really um, measure it even if I have it on my phone it's difficult for me to measure how much data I'm using number one and also uh, how much data is actually um, you know being actually lost like we were saying that sometimes it expires uh, because of the mobile networks they've created that kind of uh, uh, system which is unfair to the consumer Ruben bringing those points back to you that Toby was highlighting earlier <coughs> yes I think uh, um, Toby is correct um, uh, that uh, um, there's a bit of uh, uh, absence of transparency in terms of uh, uh, how these are charged. For instance, what we have done is that we have published what we call the end user and subscriber service charter regulations, which impose extensive uh, transparency obligations on the part of licensees so that consumers are well informed with regards to the rules uh, that are applicable to the service that they, they are provided for by the uh, operators. Now, uh, operators are then uh, obliged to inform their consumers about, for instance, the in and out of battle rates upfront and, and and the rules for the carryover of unused voice minutes and data and stuff like that. So um, we have also entered into a memorandum of understanding with uh, the uh, National Consumer Commission so that some of these issues, uh, because they fall within the purview of, of the Commission, can actually be followed up and be dealt with. In the meantime, as I say, we will be uh, looking at um, the cost drivers and uh, be able to determine whether we should impose a, a, a minimum uh, uh, cost uh, tariff. Uh, your your thoughts as well on the other point that uh, Toby was speaking about, uh, you know, when he compared our prices to the rest of the continent, we've got, I'm sure, better infrastructure in South Africa in, in, in this regard compared to countries such as Tanzania, uh, countries such as Kenya. However, it seems like still there is a huge uh, um, discrepancy in terms of uh, the costing with our mobile networks that side, uh, uh, Ruben. No, no, yes, indeed, uh, as I said, if you do a comparative analysis, of course, uh, that's the conclusion you'll arrive at. And if you look at uh, the, uh, what uh, the ITU also prescribes in terms of uh, what um, should be the reasonable uh, uh, expenditure on data, uh, for countries, we, we were not doing well there. Um, however, we, as I say, are prescribed to go through a Chapter 9 process um uh, so so that we we don't arbitrarily impose a a tariff
Well, let me, let me come back to you, Toby, in terms of the regard of what you were highlighting earlier on, the muscle of the mobile networks themselves. It seems like they have um, a dominant kind of uh, uh, prowess when it comes to this issue. It seems they are the ones that are in control. Yes, I mean, as, as, um, as uh, your other guest was just saying, the, the bottom line is that the... Um, you know, this is an unregulated part of the industry. Voice has been, been heavily regulated, and as a result, the costs of voice have, have diminished completely. But data is different. Now, the, the networks are going to tell you it's very expensive to build a data network. They, the major networks, Vodacom and MTN, can spend anything from 8 to 10 billion rand a year rebuilding their network. And, you know, they, they, the they need to do that just to keep up with demand for what people are using. But um, it just comes down to their profitability. You know, uh, in, in, in India, um, uh, the, the former CEO of Vodafone was saying a few years ago that one of the Vodafone subsidiaries in India, even though it was charging, um, I hope I remember the figures correctly, a couple of US cents uh, a call, they were still making a 20% margin on that. Why? Because they make their systems really efficient and they make, they make sure that their, 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 their revenue and their profit are very well streamlined. So this is, the, this is kind of the, the, the key of it. You know, the networks could bring the prices down, but it would allow them to, uh, they wouldn't make as much money. Now, there's a secondary issue, and, and, and in this regard, I, I feel great sympathy for Ecasa because what these network operators need is frequency. Frequency is like the land to build a house on. And the current frequencies that are available to the networks are we're fine for, for voice calls for yeah. 2G and early 3G networks, but yeah. the frequencies that they really need are the, the 700 and 800 uh, megahertz range, which is currently being used for uh, SABC and ETV broadcasts. South Africa is a signatory to, a, to a, um, uh, the ITU, the International Telecoms Union, that, that is the UN body that regulates um, uh, telecoms around the world. And we should have switched over from these analog broadcasts to uh, digital. digital broadcasts last June. Mm. You know, we're already a year behind. And this, mm. is, a, this is a real problem for the... Uh, for the network operators, similarly, the, the, the spectrum that ICASA was going to license recently for uh, 3G or 4G networks, the LG, LTE, long-term evolution it's called, the, that, that spectrum, and now, of course, that, that process has been halted by Siong um, uh, uh recent court injunction preventing ICASA from going ahead with their, with their auction. Um, and this is a real problem for the networks because, you know, as much as we complain about the cost mm. of data, it is expensive to provide it using the old um, infrastructure. Sorry about the noise, I'm just walking out of the door. No problem. Uh, it's, it's very expensive to provide it using these old frequencies. The the, the seven and eight hundred megahertz are, are infinitely more useful frequencies for providing this kind of of, of broadband wireless than the current ones that they're using, but they can't get to it because of the lack of impetus and the lack of urgency and haste from the various 
communications departments. And I, you know, I say this all the time. We had one dysfunctional communication department. Now we have two who are basically at war with each other, feuding over which minister has greater control or influence than the other. And as a result, all of the good work that should have been completed and allow us to use these new networks just aren't there. I mean, we're, we're still fighting over whether the set-top boxes are going to be encrypted or not encrypted. Now, I mean, this is madness. The ANC has come out and decided they should be encrypted. They started this whole process. Faith and somebody was, uh, was appointed into her position, and then she went against uh, ANC, ANC policy and against everything that the industry itself had committed to. And now we're locked in this absurd situation where um, we are, you know, the industry is still fighting mm. a year after the implementation mm. of, of, the rest, uh, of, of digital terrestrial television should have happened a year later. We are still fighting about issues that should have been resolved and actually were resolved a long time ago. I mean, it's, it's just madness. It mm. really is. You know, let me take that back, Toby, to Ruben in terms of what you're saying in terms of the infrastructure. Are we having that kind of deadlock as highlighted by Toby there, Ruben? Um, it's, a, it's a matter of common cause that um, ICASA issued the invitation to apply to license spectrum to address uh, the the issue that uh, uh, Toffee is, is talking about in relation to the spectrum constraints um, so that it becomes cheaper to uh, for operators to provide um, uh, uh, broadband services and it is a matter of common cause that uh, the Minister of Telecommunications has um, then um, taking us to court um, and, and filed two applications. The first application was an application on an agent basis where uh, he uh, prayed that the court uh, uh, interdict the CASA. And um, the second application, which will then be had, uh, which is part B, was uh, <coughs> for the ITA to be set aside. Uh, part A has been heard, and um, we will hear when will, uh, will Part B be uh, be adjudicated. So uh, those are matters of, of common cause uh, that uh, uh, that are there. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back. And I want to change the trajectory of um, this conversation just slightly before I let you both go in terms of looking at the issue of what does data mean in contemporary society? What does the access to connectivity, the Internet, the mobile phone, especially for developing countries? I know the conversation is because of those societal pressures that we're coming to this point where now we're having this conversation of why is it costing us? this much. We're going to come to that area when we come back after this break. It's 11.30 Central African time. This is African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Mushatama. Uh, Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja. Informing the world about Africa. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. 
Well, the issue of access seems to be the big word in South Africa. We're talking about access to education, access to so many different things, access to land. That's been the big word for the last five years or so where the democratic state is in South Africa. And even the issue of data has come back to the fore to say, hey, we need access to this data. And because data is no longer a luxury, you know, before we used to see the access to the Internet as a luxury, as something that is almost peripheral because it was wasn't central to how we communicate. It wasn't central to the way we we um, access information or actually send CVs out for employment. You know, if you don't have access to a computer these days, your life just becomes very very tough. So the dynamics of those social issues have actually changed right now. And Toby, for you, I'm sure you've seen this change in the last five years, and it's only been five years. And every year or every five months, you've seen the internet playing such a central role in the development of countries. Your thoughts on why this shift has come to this place where we're asking for excess for data in a cheaper cheaper manner and you know because we are seeing those dynamics coming into the fold here. Yes. The internet is is a great enabler. It's it's the thing that enables us to do work faster and better. You know it's analogous to how being able to write letters made things faster. Then from letters we transfer we, you know, we, we, we evolved towards, say, faxes. Faxes do exactly the same thing <laughs> yes, as letters. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and then we've come up with email, and now we have the Internet. And, uh, you know, 15 years ago, the economist, economist said arguably the biggest thing about the, the, um, the Internet is that it's going to make, about the new economy is it's going to make the old economy more efficient. Mm. And I think, that's, I think that's what's happened. The Internet has enabled us to conduct business, communicate with friends, share pictures, all of the things we now do and take for granted in a way that wasn't possible before, you know, 1995, which was the year the Internet kind of took off and the mm, year mm. Time magazine called it Person of the Year. Mm. So that's, that's what's evolved in the last 20 years. Um, and it's moved from a, from a desktop experience where everybody uses their desktop to access the internet to a mobile experience where we, we use our phones, our smartphones and our, our tablets to get online. I mean, that is really the, 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 the key thing that's happening right now, that we are, we are um, you know, we, we, we live in an online world mm. where, you know, in between meetings you can go hunt for a few Pokemon Go. <laughs> um, so the internet is this great enabler and it's, and it's now entirely mobile and that's that's the kind of the, 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 the paradigm that we live in. What hasn't caught up with that is the, is the cost of, of, of accessing the Internet and using the Internet. And as Ruben was pointing out, ECOS has made an attempt to license the spectrum and, 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 and let the operators use it. And now, of course, it's caught up in a, you know, a, a, a slow-moving government, uh, governmental process about uh, you know, a whole bunch of other things that are unrelated to the simple requirements. And it, it's an economic hindrance that the operators can't use these spectrum. These spectrum allow them to build base stations for cheaper. Uh, the, the, the signal extends further, therefore you need less base stations. Uh, the, the, the 700 and 800 frequency uh, penetrates buildings better so you, don't, you can get better coverage inside an office block or an apartment or you know, so so that enables uh, a greater use of the spectrum. You know, in the 70s, when tele or 50s actually, when it started, mm. 70s in South Africa, no one else was using those bands for 
for anything else. And they're quite sure. messy, actually. Mm-hmm. The, the, the signal falls over. And that's why the, the, the TV stations are so uh, far apart, because the signal spills out. This mm-hmm. is an analog signal. You know, once, once we shift to digital, we'll get a much better television signal. The experience mm-hmm. for TV watchers will be significantly better. Um, but it's, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a frustrating thing, because... Uh, sure, government moves at its own pace and legislation is much slower, but ECOS has tried to move rapidly and, and, and with haste, but the government just doesn't seem to understand how important this is. We live in an information world. Sure. We live in a, an information economy. People can work from home and make a, a living through the Internet in a way that, you know, in the past you had to get into a car and drive to an office and sit at a desk mm. and... You know, work work is now something you do, not someplace you go. And and all of these lack of connectivity, the expense of the connectivity holds people back. It holds our country back. There could be, you know, people in rural areas of South Africa selling wonderfully handmade products that you see in stores at the airport or stores mm-hmm. in major centers. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in places like Kenya, people are able to sell the stuff almost directly. They can participate in in. in in, 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 in mobile marketplaces, mm. I've seen a number of these very good examples where, you know, people can participate directly, uh, but the cost of data is significantly less. And while the operators have, a, have an argument that they don't have access to the spectrum that the castle was trying to license and the, the spectrum that the TV still uses it, there's no reason why they can't still bring their cost down. It just mm. means they have less profit, which... You know, any any business doesn't want to have less profit. But, you know, unless there's a, an incentive, unless it's regulated, and we saw this with voice calls, you know, ECASA implemented significant um, cost reductions in the voice calls, and then the voice calls came down. So I don't think the operators are going to do it by themselves. I think it's going to take ECASA or a, a regulation or, or, or government policy to do that. Well, let me, uh, but sure. Let me take it to Ruben in terms of what they've seen in terms of the dynamics of that kind of societal uh, implication of, uh, I'm not sure who we've lost there. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. if, oh you're, still, you're still there, Ruben. I think we, we lost uh, uh, Toby there. But I, I wanted to pick your brain on that, that dynamic of, you know, data, connectivity, and the, the social uh, aspects of it. Uh, has Ikaza noticed a shift in the landscape of the population of how data has been utilized? I'm sure you've been keeping track of this. And it's, it, what's worrying me is because there's a greater demand now, it seems like there isn't a decrease of the, of the pricing. <clears throat> Look, the, uh, the demand for data will continue to grow, uh, especially with the uh, penetration of smart uh, devices. And, um, and the more it grows, uh, the demand grows, the more um, uh, operators will be under pressure to provide uh, broadband services and uh, the more spectrum constraints would express themselves in terms of uh, how um, <coughs> those services are rendered. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. Tom is correct that uh, it is well accepted that um, <coughs> uh, the increase in broadband is critical for uh, the growth in the economy and creation of jobs and it unlocks and it does away with um, uh, entry into, into the market by SMMEs and so on. So it is important that um, 
uh, the issues that are there, you know, uh, get resolved so that the spectrum can be assigned so that we can stimulate economic growth, which will ensure that there's more economic participation. There's SMMEs also have got the easier access to the markets and so mm-hmm. on. So students who are studying the everything it's uh, on data on broadband on in the internet so they need a cheaper access they mm. need fast fast um, uh, internet mm. you know what now the ministry of health talks about um, uh, uh, this primary health care that requires sure. uh, mobile so, apps so those mm. those can only function optimally if we've got spectrum available and of course um, 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 Tom is correct that spectrum constraints has been uh, quite a critical factor in the growth of uh, broadband. Mm. Well, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you to both of our guests. It's something that we need to follow up, I'm sure, as uh, this uh, uh, situation unfolds and uh, more is actually done in terms of uh, uh, the research that ICASA is uh, putting into this uh, issue and also the uh, conversations that are happening in Parliament. But I want to thank Ruben Motlaloha, who is uh, the acting chairperson at the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa, also known as ICASA. And uh, thank Thank you to the editor of Stuff Magazine, Shobi Shapshank, who was joining us on the line. We tried getting hold of the deputy minister at the Department of Telecommunications and Postal Services. I think she was still in the sitting in uh, Parliament and couldn't get out. It would have been great to hear Muslim uh, uh, Kize's views on this particular issue. But thank you, uh, Ruben, for giving us your time as well. Thanks, Benjamin. Thanks, Fantastic. Benjamin. That's how Thanks we wrap it up. And uh, time right now is 11.41 Central African time. Let's kick, take a quick break. Uh, this is a song by uh, Lee Smith Black Mambazo knocking on heaven's door and then we'll get our uh, business news.
That was uh, Ladysmith Black Mambazo featuring Dolly Parton there. That's titled Knocking on Heaven's Door. That takes us to 11.45 Central African time. Let's get our business news from Wisani Matebula. Thanks, Benjamin. Good morning. The European Investment Bank has announced a new facility for the financing of agricultural private sector projects in Malawi, together with National Bank of Malawi. The initiative will enhance uh, access to finance for private sector companies. It will also primarily target the development of agricultural storage capacity. George Moango reports from Lilongwe. Malawi authorities say this is good news considering that agriculture remains the mainstay of the country's economy. With farmers already in the fields doing land preparation, the facility will contribute to key developmental priorities of Malawi. Such priorities include private sector development, increased food security and reduction of poverty apart from support for higher resilience towards climate change by mitigating food supply, volatility due to adverse weather events. Nigeria's telecommunications regulator, the Nigerian Communication Commission, says it has approved a request by internet provider VisaPhone to transfer its shares to MTN following its takeover by the South African firm. MTN bought VisaPhone in January to improve its broadband services in its biggest market, Nigeria. Humutomopulane reports. 
The NCC, in line with its procedure, granted a final approval to Visaphone for a change in its shareholding structure. NCC says Visaphone had also applied to transfer its license to MTN, but it had not been approved. MTN came under public scrutiny in Nigeria and agreed in June to pay a fine of 1.9 billion U.S. dollars for missing a deadline to disconnect unregistered SIM cards amid government fears that these may be used by criminals. The government of Lesotho has launched a campaign to localize its textile manufacturing industry that produces 100 million garments a year but remains dominated by foreign-owned firms. Minister of Trade and Industry Joshua Setiba promises subsidized factory shelves and lines of credit to Basutu. Takwane Ngatane reports. A far cry from facilities offered to their international counterparts. The textile sector is the highest private sector employer in Lesotho with more than 40,000 workers. Foreign investors have taken advantage of preferential trade regimes like the United States AGOA. Tanzania has dealt Kenya another blow by distancing itself from the common visa launched between Kenya, Uganda and Rwanda. The common visa is meant to, among other things, enable the member states to jointly market their tourism as a single product. Tanzania also wants nothing to do with the joint marketing strategies pushed by Kenya, Uganda and Rwanda and will not participate in the East African tourism platform events being pushed for by their neighbors. And Ghana's EcoBank Transnational Incorporated has renewed its partnership with Global Funds to fight AIDS, TB and malaria for a further three years. Through its foundation, EcoBank will continue to take a prominent role in the fight against these diseases in the African continent. Financial indicator, uh, the U.S. dollar trading at 14.31, South African rents 10.64, Botswana Pula 9.90 against the Zambian Kwacha. Also trading at 0.81 to the British pound and 0.90 against the euro. Commodities, gold $1,260, platinum $947 per fine ounce, Brent crude oil $51.45 per barrel. That's how it's looking right now. I'm back in an hour's time with another update. Time now for our sports with Figile Lingwati. First up in our sports update this hour, the South African Portfolio Committee on Sport and Recreation is not happy with the explanation given by the South African Sports Confederation and Olympic Committee SASCOC on the procurement of the track suits won by Team South Africa at the Rio Olympic Games in Brazil. SASCOC appeared before the committee on Wednesday in Parliament to brief it on the performance of Team South Africa at the Olympic Games. The committee is not satisfied with the explanation given by both SASCOC and the Department of Sports and Recreation regarding 361 Degrees, the company from China that sponsored clothing for Team South Africa. The committee, however, said it was aware of the challenges faced by Sanskok in acquiring sponsorship from corporate South Africa. And on to football news, Egyptian giants Zamalek have arrived in the country for this weekend's African Champions League final first leg encounter against South Africa's Mamelodi Sundowned 
at Lucas Moripe Stadium in Pretoria on Saturday. The five-time African champions landed at the OR Dumbo International Airport on Wednesday morning on a straight flight from Cairo and immediately had their first training session in the afternoon. Zambian international striker Emmanuel Mayuka is one of the players to watch from the White Knights. Yeah, every game is a different game. We cannot say every game is the same. Last time we came here, we, we lost 1-0. They came that side, they beat us 1-0. So I believe uh, game three to be to be a different game. Try to, we'll try to do our best. I have a problem. <laughs> we'll try to do our best and uh, see how it goes. Have you been in touch with Kennedy in recent weeks? <laughs> yeah, so normally we talk all the time. So just wait. I'm just waiting until Saturday, then we'll get to meet up. And it's been 14 years since Zamalege last lifted the Champions League trophy as they beat Raja Casablanca of Morocco 2-1 in the 2002 final. Head of delegation Ahmed Mutada is the son of the club's president Mutada Mansour and says that Lap is desperate to lift this title again. And on to cricket news. South Africa cruised to a 31-run victory over Australia at the PPC Newlands in Cape Town on Wednesday to seal the five-match series and inflict a historic one-day international whitewash on Australia. South Africa had posted 327 for eight in the 50 overs after winning the toss and electing to bet first, thanks to Riley Rousseau on 122 and JP Dumini on 73. But David Warner on 173 fought a lone battle as Australia were bowled out for 296 in the penultimate over to hand South Africa a 5-0 series whitewash. And finally, with tennis news, Nick Carigios was booed by fans at the Shanghai Masters on Wednesday during a lackluster second round 6-3-6-1 defeat to Germany's Miska Zverev. Midway through the first set, the temperamental Australian patted a tame serve over the net before walking from the court, while Zverev was still in the process of returning. Members of the crowd booed as he made his way to his seat. The umpire reprimanded him for his conduct. I don't know, man. Anything? I'm, I'm what? I'm, I'm. <laughs> what does that even mean? I'm good because I'm hitting. A, I'm good at hitting a tennis ball over the net. Like big deal. Like I don't owe him anything. Like it's my choice. If you don't like it, I don't ask you to come watch. Just leave. If you're so good at giving advice and so good at tennis, why don't you? Why? Why aren't you as good as me? Why aren't you on the tour? That's your sport news this hour. Right, that's how we wrap it up. Thank you to uh, Figile. Thank you to uh, our friend Wisani there for giving us our sports and our business news. That's how we wrap it up. Remember, African Dialogue comes to you Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. Interact with us on our Twitter handle at African Dialogue or at Channel Africa One. You can also Facebook us at Channel Africa. And uh, another way you can get hold of us is sending us an email. Uh, we want to hear what you think of our programming. So email us at info at channelafrica.org. That's how we wrap it up. Hey, this is how we wrap up the week. But I also think on Monday we won't be airing. We'll have a special broadcast, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is looking at the, Grasa Mas- the, the uh, Samora Michelle um, commemoration of his death. And... Uh, it, 
it's going to be a special broadcast and so we won't be having African Dialogue in its usual format on Monday so do expect that to be a little bit different on Monday but for me Benjamin Mushatama until next time God bless